Thanks for listening to this message brought to you by Cornerstone Christian Church. All right, let's go to the book of Timothy, 2 Timothy. Chapter 1. All right, I got 35 minutes before lunch. So, 2 Timothy chapter 1, I want to, um, I want to start in verse 1. Since Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, a promise to, according to the promise of life which is in Christ Jesus, to Timothy, a beloved son, grace and mercy and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God, whom I serve with a pure conscience, as my forefathers did, as without ceasing I remember you in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see you, being mindful of your tears, that I may be filled with joy." When I call to remembrance the genuine faith that is in you, which dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded it is in you also. Therefore, I remind you to stir up the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and a sound mind. Let us pray one more time. Father, I just thank you again this morning. Um, just to be in this place, just to be with family. I pray that you would anoint me, help me preach good in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. By the way, I just had this thought. The only thing that if you notice with that media, I felt like to me that it is true that the camera does add about maybe 10 pounds to you. And so we need to shoot it in uh, the best quality we can to not uh, do that. Now, all right, this morning, uh, I really felt like that um, I had a couple of thoughts, and as always, you got, you can't, you got to narrow it down to, to, to say something. And so I felt like really impressed in my heart this morning, and that I just wanted, we're closing in, we're, we're getting back, things are fixing to get hectic again, the kids are fixing to be soon going back to school, Catherine was reminding me of all the classroom duties that's got to be done, fixing to go back to school for training this week. And just things are, we're, we're bringing a close to the summer. And this morning, I just want to talk with us just for something, uh, just for a few moments about really stirring ourselves in the Lord. Um, it, there's just, in my life, I will say this, there's two times that I really seem to get li- relaxed, if you will. How many knows it's uh, very easy to just uh, live off of uh, what we got uh, from the Lord maybe a month ago or two weeks ago? Is anybody guilty of that in this room? We have a strong encounter just like the worship service this morning. Well, that's good to tote me for a little while. But the Bible says that God's mercies are new every day. This fountain that we've tapped in in this room is available every single day of our lives if we'll press into that river. Psalms 46 says, Though the earth be shaking and though things be moved, yet there is a river. That river is available any time that we want to get into it. And so for me, it's uh, about summertime. How many knows that everything seems to go like on Jimmy Buffett's time? It's 5 o'clock somewhere. Everyone wants to take a break. But how many knows this? That, uh, and for me, another time is when it becomes fall. 
when the fall just really, the, fir- the first cool snap, man, I mean, I start making my markings around the house. It's time to go hunting. It just seems like everything gets relaxed. But Paul, in his instruction to Timothy, he says that there's a gift within on the inside of him. Let me just say this. There's something on the inside of each and every person that we don't have to be jealous what's on in, inside of each other, but there's something special lying in each and every one of us. It just has to be discovered and it has to be stirred up. what, What he's basically saying to Timothy is, listen, the faith that was in your grandmother, the faith that was in your mom, I'm sure is in you also. But not only that, when the when we laid hands on you as the presbytery, something was imparted spiritually into your life. And it's possible that you can go through, like Matt even, in, even said this morning, that he was in church from the time he was born until the time he was 19. But you know what happened? One night when he was 19 years old, what was inside of him before the foundations of the world was awakened in that moment and he discovered hey this is what I'm on the planet to do I'm not on the planet just to get a job and and be a contributor to society I'm not just on the planet just to attend church but there's a gift on the inside of my life and what Paul was instructing Timothy is that 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 gift has to be fanned into flame your relationship with God has to be kept fresh It has to be fanned. It has to be allowed God's Spirit to breathe on the inside of us and rekindle uh, uh, the relationship, if you will. I just feel like that uh, because I'm just telling you, we're fixing to change gears and uh, we're going to do some things. We're we're meeting on the 24th as leaders and we're going to come together. My goal is on the 24th, ever how long it is, if it's in the wee hours of the morning, we will have 2016 finished on that calendar. Not only that, we will have 2017, what we plan to do as a church, on that calendar. There is no reason why now that we should not be informed about what's going on at church. And inside the community, we're going to push. We're wanting to do. We we praise God that the school owns the Dale Beam Guard now, and hopefully we got enough grace and favor with them that we can use it. But we're going to push for this uh, community uh, revival in October. I, I've, I've prayed about it all week long. We're going to kick off like we did last year. How many members when we fed the leaders? We're going to feed them, and then kick, we're going to feed the leaders and minister to them, and then kick off a revival that we want to move into the community. But I believe that God is going to allow us to minister and get and, and continue to give us influence inside this community. All right, let's get, look at this. In Joel chapter 3, verse 9, it says to awaken the mighty men. It's one thing to have, it is possible to have mighty men sitting on the pews of our church, but it's another thing when the mighty men become awakened. Are you with me now? And listen, where we're at right now, I'm just telling you, I came this morning just to give us a little shot in the arm and say, listen, hey, we've relaxed. We've been on vacation. We've enjoyed the beach. But now's the time to awaken to the things of God and let's press into it in this next coming season. Let's see what God has available for us the remainder of this year, but we're going to have to really... Stir it up a little bit. He says, awaken the mighty men. The Bible says in Leviticus 6.13 that the fire shall always be burning on the altar. It shall never go out. It is possible that if you do not tend the flame in your life, the fire that you, listen, you can go to the ramp and you can get ignited. You can go to Bethel and get ignited. But listen, if you don't tend what was deposited in your life, it is very possible that it can go out. Are you with me now? 
Listen, I can't live off the encounter I had last year. I can't live off the encounter we had last month. We have got to have a fresh encounter. If When you talk about the things of God, if it's way back yonder, friend, you need a fresh touch. He's not a God of way back yonder. He's a God of right now. He can ignite your life this morning. He can stir everything in you this morning. Go with me right here to the book of uh, Song of Solomon. I think it's right past the book of Acts. <laughs> I can't even find it myself. <laughs> See, I'm telling you, we've been on vacation. Ain't nobody reading the Bible. Help us, Lord. Have mercy on us, God. Song of Solomon, chapter 5. Look at this. It says, I've come to my, uh, uh, Song of Solomon chapter 5 verse 2. I sleep but my heart is awake. It is the voice of my beloved. He knocks saying, open for me my sister, my love, my dove, my perfect one. For my head is covered with dew, my locks with drops of the night. Look at this. Now let's just, as a metaphor, this is the Lord tapping on, on the heart saying, awaken. Listen, this is the Lord tapping, saying, pray, seek me now. Look at what she says. She said, but I've taken off my robe. How can I put it on again? I have washed my feet. How can I defile them? My beloved put his hand uh, by the latch of the door, by the opening of the door, and my heart yearned for him. And I arose to open my beloved, and my hands dripped with myrrh, and my fingers with liquid myrrh on the handles of the lock. Listen, this just describes to me, it kind of goes back to this. I heard Bill Johnson say this, talking about hunger. How many knows a lot of times we're hungry, but we wait on someone else to go to the kitchen? You're sitting there, you're, you're hungry. And then, but you won't get up because the ball game's too good. Bonanza's in the final episode, and we don't know if Hoss and the gang's going to make it. But yet... Catherine can go to the kitchen and say, are you hungry? My gosh, I'm starving. This is the condition that she was in. She was saying, Lord, I want you. I'm asleep, but yet my heart's burning. And the Lord was knocking at the door saying, hey, I have an encounter waiting on you. But she said, how can I get up? Oh, I'm so comfortable. Listen, this is what's wrong with the church of America. We're so concerned about comfort. We're never going to see a move of God living comfortable. I remember when I went and listened to Jackson Sinyanga. He said the first time he come to America, from Uganda, the first time he came to America, he stayed in his host house. And he said that there were about seven pillars on the bed. And he said that the people were so concerned, listen, we want to make sure that you got enough pillars. And there's 10 or 15 on my bed at home. But listen, he said, we want to make sure that you're comfortable. And he looked at the host that he was standing. He said, listen, that's the reason why we're not experiencing revival in America. Because we are concerned about being comfortable listen in Matthew chapter 25 I'm preaching this in her they were five wise and five foolish virgins the five wise got oil for the lamps and they took something along for the journey but there were five foolish that had only enough to keep them burning 
Listen, in the days of head, listen to me, church, in the days of head, we have better learned how to develop a relationship with God personally and not just have one corporately. Are you with me now? Listen, what you going to do when you can't get a hold of the leadership? I'm talking about the preacher, the elders. You have got to have a relationship with God personally and you know how to get the oil yourself. When I can't get a hold of Kathy and Clay, when Terry and Teresa's not around, when Cleve and Allison, I can't get them and the preacher won't answer his phone, what are you going to do? You have to have a relationship with God that you can get a hold of God yourself and get all in your lamp. We can't live off of somebody else's blessing. Sister Katie's got amazing stories, but I cannot live off of what she got. Listen, in the A.A. Allen meetings, I have got to have a relationship with God and get the all in the lamp for myself. Oh, we're hungry, but we're not willing to get in the kitchen and fix it ourselves. Listen, and we'll see revival if we learn how to get in the kitchen, which is the prayer closet, and get it ourselves. I thank God for the encouragement of Bill Johnson, the ramp, and every other great resource and every other great book out there. Listen, but nothing can take the place of your personal intimacy with God. Are you with me now? Sometimes you can't get it out of a book. Sometimes I can't even really get it out of the Bible until I get with the living word and hang out with him and he makes that book come alive. We have got to have a personal, a personal encounter with the Lord Jesus. Five were wise. Five had developed this relationship. Five knew that, listen, there, there's going to be some tarrying time. Hey, there's a lot of the church thought the Lord was coming in 1988. Some of you bought the book, 88 Reasons Why He's Coming in 88. Did turn around and bought the book, 89 Reasons Why He Didn't Come in 88. And we bought that book. <laughs> Listen, when Jesus dropped us off, He dropped us off like good morning, Vietnam. Remember? He says, listen, I'm dropping you off as sheep in the midst of wolves. That's the condition he said we would be going out in. He didn't say it was going to be candy land. He says you're going out as sheep in the midst of wolves. Then he goes on to say and says, be harmless as a dove but wise as serpents. He never said, he never promised us that this life was going to be easy. He never promised us that we would not have to endure some things. Are you with me? I grew up in the Pentecostal church. And we... We talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit like it was a one-time, that's the way I always referred to it. it. To me, growing up hearing the preacher preach, it was almost like it was a one-time experience because we said we were saved, then we were sanctified, ever how long that took for you to quit cussing and smoking. <laughs> sanctified. We didn't even know if you could get it until you endured this type of process of sanctification because we was taught the Spirit of God ain't going to... Listen, He ain't going to dwell in an unclean vessel. So what... 
I meddled it. So what we what we was actually taught is you need to get a shower outside, get all the dirt off your life, then come inside your house and maybe get a shower. I'm here to tell you today, listen, regardless of what you got in your life, the Spirit of God, if you ask Him, will come in your life and He will endue you with the power to evict whatever's in your life. Hello? Are you with me now? So we, so we were saved, then we were sanctified, and we were filled with the Holy Spirit. Like one time encounter. Listen, fill it, the infilling with the Holy Spirit and the oil of God is not a one time deal. It's not like it happened in, on July the 8th, 1967, that you was filled with the Spirit of God. We have to be filled every day of our life. Why? Because we leak. Let me just give you an example. This morning, we're going to leave fired up. I mean, we just had an amazing worship service. We were sweating like we were doing a Richard Simmons workout video. The kids had us all excited. I mean, amazing testimony. Mary Alice gives her life to God, gets saved. I mean, we, it's, you, you, but let me show you how we leave. We're going to leave here and go to Hardy's. You're going to be in a hurry to get home just to relax because it's Sunday afternoon and we're Americans. We want to be fed and then be comfortable. And then this is, this is how I know that I leak. When I have my family and we pull up there and we say, Sir, we're cooking those chicken tenders fresh. Would you pull up? Now, I know that most of y'all pull a praise. God, we got an opportunity to pray together as a family while we're waiting on the chicken tips. <laughs> Probably nobody says this statement. My God, I mean, it is 12.05, and they think people not going to order chicken? Go through Zaxby's at 12.15, sir, we don't have any chicken tenders. Well, I didn't see beef strips on the menu. Listen, we leak. And when I'm low on the oil, I don't represent Christ that well. Listen, when you know you're full, it's not when you speak in tongues. But when, you, when, when what oozes out of you is love, joy, kindness, peace, long-suffering, this is the fruit. Ah, this is the fruit of the evidence that you are full of the Holy Ghost. Five are wise and five are foolish. Listen to this, Isaiah 55 and 6 says, Seek the Lord while he may be found and call upon him while he is near. Now is the time to seek the Lord. Now I want you to go with me to the book of Deuteronomy. I'm trying to hurry where they still have meatloaf on the buffet. But we got to get this right here, okay? Deuteronomy chapter 3. Look at this. I'm just telling you, if we're, it's real easy to get relaxed. And then that whole, and before we know it, we're all, we're all relaxed. We forgot the mission. So all I'm doing today is just trying to refocus our attention. Hey, we're fixing to switch gears and we got to push it into this community in the, last, in the last part of 2016, okay? We can't hunker down in here and be with flip-flops and just, I mean, you know what I'm saying? We got to get it done. How many believe we got to get it done? 
Man, I'm telling you, I'm reading some old stuff, even like uh, uh, D.L. Moody. I mean, oh, my God. Church, we got a long ways to go just to get the heart that they pioneered. Are you with me? A lot of the churches that he ministered in said that you had to rent the pews to come to church. They had to rent the pews to come to church. So what he did was he worked all week long to rent sections of the church that he would evangelize and invite people he would evangelize. <laughs> I said, oh, Lord. We fit to start renting the sections. I'm playing. Edit that out. Listen to this. Deuteronomy chapter 3. Then we turned and went up the road of Bashan, and Og, king of Bashan, came out against us. He and all the people, I'm in Deuteronomy chapter 3, verse 1, to battle at Adrel. And the Lord said, Do not fear him, for I have delivered him and all his people in his land into your hand. You shall do to him, um, you shall do to him and all his people in his land, uh, into, into your hand. You shall do to him as you did to Sion, king of uh, Amorites, who dwelt at Heshbon. So the Lord your God also delivered into, your, uh, into our hands Og, king of Bashan, with all his people, and we attacked him until he had no survivors remaining. And we took all his cities at the time, and there was not a city which did not take from them. Sixty cities, all the region of Argob to the kingdom of Og and Bashan. All these cities were fortified with high walls, gates, and bars beside a great many rural towns. And we, orderly, we utterly destroyed them as we did Sion, king of Heshbon, utterly destroying the men, women, the children of every city, but all the livestock and all the spoil in the cities we took as booty for ourselves. And at the time we took the land from the hand of two kings of the Amorites who were on this side of the Jordan from the river of the Mount Hermon. The Sidons call Hermon Siron, and the Amorites call it whatever that name is. All the cities of the plain and all Gilead and Bashan as far as Adriel, the cities of the kingdom of Og and Bashan. Look at this, verse 11. What I want to draw your attention to. Now notice what it said. They ransacked these cities destroyed them, took them captive. But look at what it says about the king in verse 11. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of the giants. Indeed, his bedstead was an iron bedstead, nine cubits in its length and four cubits in its width, according to the standard cubit. I want to draw your attention to this. It talked about how strong his city was. It talked about how he lost his city, but what does it give a description of? It didn't give a description of his house. It gave his description of what? His bed. Oh, he had a nice sleep number bed. He had the select comfort with 11 pillars, and he was nice and comfy. And what happens when he was nice and comfy? He lost all of his land, and, the, and they come in and raided him. Listen to me. I believe that nothing can, if this, listen, regardless of where we're at as a nation, and we're in pretty bad shape, would you all agree with me? Catherine was reading to me yesterday on, uh, uh, somebody posted, what did you say, what was that thing about the teachers or whatever? We never ask, uh, 
We never asked the doctor to provide all of his utensils, buy his scapulas and all of that kind of stuff. We never ask uh, any other profession that they got to buy all their stuff. Yet, as a school teacher in the state of Georgia, she has to buy her supplies for her classroom. Comes out of her salary, the big whopping salary she gets. Regardless of where we are as a nation, listen, if the church, which is the most powerful organization in America, would stand up, did you hear? If we would stand up and unify, Listen, how many members when Lou Engle did the call out there? Well, listen, they had the dream years in advance that they saw the plane tickets were handed what? On United Airlines. What? The church has to become united. We can't allow what the world's doing on the outside to try to divide us by color. We realize that there's neither Jew nor Greek nor Gentile in the eyes of God. And we all have the same blood flowing through us, and that is the blood of the Lamb. Are you with me now? We unify on that. Listen, I don't. It, the church is segregated only on about 5% of doctrine, anyhow. People get worried about, listen, what do you. Listen, I don't care if you speak in tongues or not. Do you believe Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God? He was born of a virgin Mary. He died and rose again on the third day, and He's sitting at the right hand of the Father, making intercession session for you and I and he's coming back to get us one day. Do you believe that? I can go with you. Listen, it doesn't matter if you prophesy cast out devils, wear a three piece suit or wear flip flops. I can unify on that. We will never never gather around doctrine anyhow. We've got to gather around being a family a family of believers that believe in Jesus Christ. Now here's the deal. It says that while this king, it gives a description of his bed. The Bible says in Matthew that that men sowed good seed in the field, but while men slept, the enemy come and sowed tares. What happens in our communities when the church is just resting and relaxing? The enemy comes in and he sows tares right into our school. Right into our house. Listen, when I've counseled... Of many of people, I've never had a parent to come in and say, you know what, we was vigilantly seeking revival in our house and this just come in and got our kids. Most people said this, I never knew this was in their life. What do you mean you never knew it? I've just become aware, listen, I've got three boys. I have got to be passionately pursuing the king and the kingdom of God. We do not have a minute afforded to sit back and coast this thing in. Name we one man that influenced history that was a coaster. Do you think Dr. King said, you know what? I think, boys, listen, it's fired up in 1967. Everything's getting hot. I think we need to take the next two years off and just go, we just need to hang out, regroup. No. This is the whole, while men slept. Listen, it's while the church, most of the church, listen, if we, I wasn't alive in the 60s. I came in in the 70s in the closing moments, okay? But I did make it in the 70s. Listen, I, I cannot believe, I believe this. This had to be the attitude of the church. Maybe I'm wrong. Listen, not probably one person in South Georgia, especially down here in the Bible Belt, would have ever believed that we would not be able to pray in a school system. Oh, that, there's no way one woman can do that right there to America. But listen, it happened. It happened, church. It happened. 
Every revival, if you study revivals in the past, listen, what you will find is you will find is a saturation of the Word of God being read. And it happened in schools. Go all the way by every, if you begin to study the major moves of God, there was a saturation of the Word of God. We need to pray that America will wake up, listen, and put the Word of God back in our schools because if we're ever going to see the move we want to see, we have to have a saturation of the Word. That would be the main concern that CCA put the saturation of the Word of God. Listen, that is, when we find a saturation of the Word, we will find the Spirit of God coming down to kiss that Word, and then we'll have an ingredient for revival. While men slept, I'm going to finish with this. In Malachi chapter 4, Malachi was a prophet in the days of Nehemiah of the third restoration of, of, the, of the exiles coming from Babylonia, captivity. God is silent for 400 years. Malachi is the last of the Old Testament prophets. God doesn't really begin to release again to his people until a man by the name of John the Baptist shows up on the scene. 400 years of seemingly silence. Uh, Malachi said that in the last days, before the great and dreadful day of the Lord, I will send you Elijah the prophet. Did he not say this? And he said, Elijah the prophet will come and he will turn the hearts of the children back into the fathers and the fathers back into the children. This is what he said. Now we know that Elijah the prophet had already came. Are you with me? Elijah the prophet had already came. So he's not sending the Elijah but must be the Spirit. There's one coming in the mantle or the same Spirit of Elijah. And so this one that came was John the Baptist who came moving in the Spirit or the mantle of Elijah. And look how he shows up on the scene. The Bible says in Matthew 3 that he came wearing camel's hair. Not fine camel's hair, but the rough part of the camel was his garment. That was his outer garment. I believe one of the reasons why he wore this because there is no way you could ever be comfortable living in that type of clothing. He was always agitated, always aggravated, always walking around being, being just this, this coat kept him awakened to the things of God. Listen, that's why that we preach so much on vision. That's why that what Gavin done is so powerful because what it makes you see is, hey, we are on the move. Regardless if you see this place full, it doesn't matter to me if we ever see it full, but yet we impact the county. That's what we're here for. We've got to, inspire, we got to impact our own homes before we can ever impact the town down there. Are you with me now? But if we can impact us, if I can get, if I can shake my own family loose, and I'll be the first one to say, "Hold the mic." I got a lot of shaking to do. Let me tell you how easy it is to get. Well, we coast for a few days. Then I get concerned about. Well, if we could just, you know, we'll be happy if we could just, man, if we could just get a boat, a bigger boat. None of that's gonna make a hill of beans. I've never, I've never been to a funeral and they put a man's boat down with him. First of all, you can't, you're going to have to buy a whole half acre to get the boat down with you. I did see a funeral one time where the man said he wanted all his money put in his casket. His wife wrote him a check and put it in there. <laughs> I've never, I've never been... 
in the closing moments of someone's life, and Catherine reminds me of this a lot, where the man said, I sure wish I'd have worked more. Man, if I would have just, you know what, if I'd have just worked, instead of working 40 hours or 50 hours, if I'd have worked 75 hours, my family could have had more. None of that matters. I do believe this, friend, that you and I have been afforded for however long it is, it's what James calls a vapor. A vapor. And like seed being sown into the ground, you and I have been sown here by the Father, and we've been given this vapor to steward, however we do it. We can use that vapor for self-promotion and self-gain. We can use that vapor to see how much stuff we can collect that moth and everything else is going to eat after we're long gone. Or we can use that vapor to awaken what God has for us for the foundations of the earth and we spend every resource and dime and everything we have to accomplish that thing that God called us. Are you with me? It's inside of you. You just have to discover it and awaken it. And I can promise you this. Here's a good way to realize what it is. Because whatever thoughts start flooding your mind when the anointing of God shows up. You can watch it happen in a room. A dancer's going to dance when the anointing shows up. A preacher's going to want to preach. Every time God starts ascending in the room, I promise you this is the first thing I'm thinking. God, what you want to say right now? Junior's going through the Rolodex of the Bible scriptures in his, well, he's just spinning. What you want to say right now? Because we're ready to preach. The singer, that's why I'm mad. That's why we're like, my God, he's been singing for an hour. He can sing for days. That's his calling. He's not wore out. He's going to give out. He will not give out as long as the presence of God's there. Now, when the presence comes off of him, he might collapse. Are you with me now? A painter is going to paint when the anointing shows up. Listen, this is, it starts touching what's real, the real you on the inside when God comes in the room. He starts wanting to awaken that door saying, hey, I want to stir that right there up. If all of a sudden poems start coming to you, you know what I'm saying? That's a, that's a, that's a sign of the call of God on, on our lives. But John came and he had this camel's hair. And he, he, he's living not comfortable. I'm not talking about buying a tent, although Dusty he's, talks about this. He said, I think sometimes we just need to sell a house and get out in a tent and just go for revival. Now, I, ain't all, you know, I don't know about him. Cindy said that ain't happening. She's going to leave him out there for six months to see if he can make it, nigga. But listen, I do believe this. When I was reading like the accounts of D.L. Moody and different ones, and he talks about the day that the Spirit of God came upon his life, that nothing else mattered to him from that moment on except for winning souls for the Lord Jesus. Now let's go back and talk about this. How, 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 could, God, how could God use this church to touch his community? Let me show you a real simple way. Just like in the book of Nehemiah, we go back. The, the wall had been torn down. There was, what, eight, I believe, eight or nine gates that had to be restored. Listen, they just started working on the gate that was closest to them. They took the area that was closest to them. How many, listen, I can tell you this. How did you wind up in church with a relationship with God? Probably very few of you found that relationship with God through a track. Very few found it through Christian television. Most of you found it because you had a friend that was on fire for God. 
and they talk to you about God. And you watch their life and you're like, oh, my God, man, these people are passionate about what they're doing. You know what I'm saying? And then you develop a relationship with them, and that person leads you into an encounter with, with the Lord Jesus. That's simply how it can be done very quickly. You take what's closest to you, your realm of influence in society. But if we're not awakened to it, we're never going to see it happen. So John's living in this state, and he's saying, you know what, I can't get comfortable I've got to stir this thing up. Adam, Mike, would you would you help me right here? Play like Let It Rain or something like that. It, and I, this is my prayer this morning. And I almost said, you know what, I'm not going to pray. Because this morning, I'm going to be honest with you, we, we seemed like we was alive, man. We was, we was waking up. The kids was down here jumping. I mean, I wish I could jump like that with them. You know what I'm saying? But i got too many moving parts now, some roles that ain't been caught up yonder. All of that stuff going on. But, but I was jumping the best I could. I got about a half inch. I, I'm telling you, I went vertical at least a half inch. I felt it. <laughs> and probably my neighbors felt it when I come down. <laughs> but I'm saying this. Listen, let's shake the summertime stuff. You with me? Let's, let's awaken to what's going on. Let's get alert. Are you with me? We get an alert and we just say, Father, I just pray this morning that you would really stir and kindle just the passion, the joy. Stand up with me right here. If we need, listen, I, 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 when we were all jumping, and a lot of people jumping and shouting, I was crying at one point because I said, oh my God, we're actually moving into the joy of the Lord. Listen, the joy of the Lord is our strength, according to Nehemiah. Said in, in chapter 8, he said, the joy of the Lord is our strength. And in the presence of the Lord, there's fullness of joy. And so I just want us to take this moment right here to really... To really, let's, let's try to refine the focus right here just for a moment. Okay, we know that we're closing in July. We know the school. We know that we're coming back in August. Listen, we have an awesome Sunday night. The thing is the first Sunday night in August planned for that we're going to give the kids a really strong shot in the arm. We got the chosen from the ramps coming uh, with their drama ministry and all of that. I promise you it's going to be off the chain that Sunday night. This is going to give our kids a strong shot in the arm. We're going to have stuff planned throughout the following of the year to try to steward that flame and to try to steward all of that in the lives of our kids. Our job as a church, we're going to cover those schools in prayer. Are you with me? Listen, we just got a, we just got a whole new level of warfare that we, did, that we didn't have when we was in kids, when we, when we were kids. I can tell you this, when I was a teenager or, or a kid, I wasn't worrying about somebody walking into school with a shotgun. You know, when I was a teenager, we drove to school with our deer rifles in the truck. Nobody didn't think nothing about it. Pocket knife in you. We always had a pocket knife. Now if you got a case pocket knife, you're going to jail. It's just a whole new level of warfare. And so I'm just telling you this, we cannot afford a day or a week, a week, a two week, a month that we're just going to coast this thing. 
We got to be, we got to be serious about the task at hand. Come on, touch your neighbor on your shoulder. Father, I pray right now, Lord Holy Spirit, would you come right here into this place right now. One more time in this place this morning, Father. I'm asking right now that you would come right now and that you would touch us. You would revive us. You would just you would just rekindle right now. I pray just a breathing of the Spirit of God to be released right now into this place. In the mighty name of Jesus.